Hello, welcome to another Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. How was your week? It's so nice to have you here. I really appreciate having you listening to me and my journey every single week. I know that today is Friday and I normally release on Wednesdays. I even promised that I would try my best to keep it that way and I will. I will always try to release on Wednesdays. I'm sorry that I didn't do it this time. But this week was just one of those weeks, so packed with a lot of interesting things going on that when uh, Wednesday came, I just, I didn't have the energy, you know, I didn't have the energy to record the episode I, I, and I didn't want it to just squeeze an episode without actually feeling it because I want to do good episodes for you. So yeah, today I'm doing it from the heart and I really want to do it, and I think the episode will be much better. But I'm, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll try always to release on Wednesdays. And by the way, I've kind of restarted doing a few interviews. I think I told you that now I want to focus more on the my current journey or my current stage of the journey. So my, my first interviews were a lot about learning, about how to um, take the leap to go full indie, and then how to start a startup, and basically start living from your project. So I learned a lot. And if you are in that phase, I highly recommend you for you to go and check out those interviews. But now I'm in, in a different stage. I'm in the stage where I'm actually making money. And there's a lot of different feelings, feelings that I didn't feel before. So I want to explore those feelings with people that have already kind of experienced this too. So I had uh, two great interviews lined up for you. That will be, the next one will be on Wednesday and the other one probably the other Wednesday, I don't know. Or maybe I'll mix. So next Wednesday interview, then me again, then interview. So today, now it's uh, 9 p.m. And uh, I am uh, waiting for João, my co-founder, because today is a very special day. At 10 p.m. we are going for dinner. And I know, yeah, it's quite late for dinner, even for Portugal. It's funny because if you, in Europe, like people have dinner at different times. If you go more towards the southern countries like Spain, Portugal, Italy, we tend to have dinner later on. So at 8, 8.30 is a normal time to have dinner here. But if you go, for instance, to Germany, 6, 6 p.m. it's a good time to have dinner. 6, 6.30, 7, it's already getting late. Anyways, 10, it's quite, uh, it's quite late as well, even for Portugal standards, but it's a very special date because for more than a month now that Joe and I kind of predicted that we would reach a milestone, an indie milestone. And we have been getting close and then our, our MRR went down, but we finally did it. We reached $10,000 MRR. Yes, 10,000. It feels unbelievable. If you are one of those older listeners that basically started with me just narrating my journey to my phone with my Change It app, so the climate change app I started, can you believe it? We did it. We did it. Yes, you and me, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Really, this podcast, the fact that I'm able to just share my feelings and, and really reflect on my journey if it wasn't for you listening to this, I would have probably stopped the podcast much early on and I wouldn't be here. So we did it, you and me, and we are making $10,000. Well, I'm making, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm not sharing that, but um, $10,000, crazy, 
crazy, crazy, crazy. It's if you think about it, it's 120 ARR, 120 thousand dollars ARR. It's it's already a big, big amount. It's crazy. So we reached that in the middle of this week, and Joan and I said, okay, if we reach that, we will take our uh, so ourselves plus our partners to a nice Wagyu beef steak <laughs> dinner. Yeah, like I don't know if you ever had Wagyu. And I'm sorry for the the vegetarians out there. I I always try to eat. Actually, I try to eat less meat, more and more, and and I try to focus more on veggies. But oh boy, if you are going to eat beef, you you need to try wagyu because it's delicious. It's nothing compared with anything I had before. And I told about this to Juan, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I want to do it. I want to try it out." But I said, "No, let's wait. Let's wait until we make 10k to make it special, and then we pay." from our MRR pockets, you know. So we have actually reached 10K already last month in terms of revenue of the month, but it was not MRR because a lot of people were paying in advance. They were, they were paying the early, uh, the early subscriptions. So yeah, that, that was incredible. And at the same time, I just bought a car. It's a used car. It's, uh, it's not new. It's not a Lamborghini. But... It's super cool as well to be able to afford that, you know, and and that's incredible. So two great things that happened this week. I shared those on Twitter as well, and I'm having a lot of traction. I think I just gained like 50 followers in the past two days just because of this tweet. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. And, and speaking about Twitter, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but suddenly, I think last week or so, a lot of people are just tweeting about getting paid by Twitter itself. So now Twitter is, or Elon Musk is paying the um, content creators on Twitter, the ones that have a certain number of followers. And we saw crazy numbers, like people saying, people with, with maybe 5K followers, actually not that much. And they were saying, yeah, I just made 5K dollars on Twitter. I was like, what? Then I quickly searched and I saw that the only blue members, so the blue tick members can have monetized accounts. So I thought, man, I'm I'm losing money here. It just only costs like 10 bucks to have this per month. So um, let me just immediately get my blue tick. And I did it. I have now a blue tick. But then I realized that a lot of people were just lying. They were making a quote-unquote joke. So there's a lot of people that said, I just made 10k out of my uh, um, Twitter account, like 5k or something. But actually, that was a lie. They just added the XML or something. So yeah. XML. Why did I say XML? Oh my God. <laughs> HTML. But thinking about it, they probably just did some Photoshop. I'm just super bad at Photoshop. So I cannot even imagine that people can edit pictures. But yeah. So I feel a bit ashamed. <laughs> I feel a bit dumb. I I got uh, into this uh, fake news trap. But well, what are you going to do? Now I have uh, the blue tick. Now I also have the GPT-4 plus whatever subscriptions. So I'm also paying for that. I'm also paying for mid-journey. So I, I don't know. I need to, to be careful with this uh, because I'm already having like adding up a lot of different subscriptions. But one thing for sure, I do not regret the GPT for subscription because it's, man, it's crazy. It's, GPT It's amazing. I, I use it for coding every day. I, I basically copy my code. I paste it there and, and I say whatever, add this functionality or do this or do that. And it just does it. 
And GPT-4, it's much smarter than GPT-3. And now it's even better. So I think it's totally worth it to have this. Um, it's totally worth it to have this subscription. Uh, because GPT-4 is just more smart. Is It has more intuition. It feels more like a human, you know? So I don't know. It just saves me so much time that 20 bucks is nothing. So it's totally worth it. And I'm happy that I have that subscription. The other two subscriptions, the Mid Journey and the Blue Tick, mm, the judge is still out, still out. I'm not sure if I if I like them. Maybe I'll cancel them. But yeah, so that's something that happened. And one other interesting thing that happened, and um, I've been talking a lot about not know, knowing what to do, right? So of this, okay, now I have this company. But I feel that I still want to do other stuff. But PodSquiz just takes most of my time and I'm still excited about it. But what is our goal? Shall I try to grow it, etc.? A lot of mixed feelings. And uh, again, these interviews that, I'm, that I've been having kind of gave some clarity into, into like, allowed me to organize these thoughts. And one interesting thing is that, first of all, all these people I have interviewed that also reached this kind of money they also went through the same. They also had the imposter syndrome because you are just used to failing. I mean, it's been 10 years or, or more of trying out multiple projects and making websites and whatever and having zero to 100 users, like really, really few and I'm making almost no money. So suddenly having this amount, amount of money, it's hard to comprehend because now people also look at me as I am kind of a reference. But I don't think much has changed. I mean, what I've learned last year, like the person I was before February is kind of the person I am still today. I didn't learn anything. I didn't get any divine inspiration. But still, people look at me as I am a reference, as as I know something more. But yeah, in my mind, I know nothing changed. Too much. So I have this imposter syndrome and I feel like I cannot, I cannot fail them because now there's too much pressure. So yeah, I'm not the only one. A lot of people feel this way. And I think it just takes some time. It takes some time to get used to that. But I think more and more I underst- I'm understanding what it means to have an indie company and what are the perks and what are the things that are not so good as well. But the perks are definitely the freedom. And that's why we do this. That's why all these indie makers, maybe yourself as well, that's what you want to achieve, right? Freedom. It's more important than money. So if if you had to choose getting whatever, $1 million ARR, but having to work really hard and not having total freedom or half a million or maybe like 50, 50K ARR, uh, maybe 50K is less, but like 100K ARR, but having full freedom, what would you choose? A lot of people would choose freedom because that's why we do this. The fact that we can have fun, we can organize our own schedule, we can work in whatever we want. And that's what I've been doing the past week. So I was working in a lot of tasks. We have a lot of tasks, by the way, a lot of tasks in our Trello board. But at some point, I started feeling a little bit bored. And I had this idea for a long time, uh, this idea that I wanted to explore, which is, I think it's super hard to find good podcasting episode, like if you want to learn about anti-aging, whatever, how do you find a, a podcast or an episode about it? I mean, okay, you can go to Spotify, but the search is terrible. 
you can go to Google, but it will only basically show the ones that rate better. But sometimes there are great episodes with, without a lot of listens as well. So I decided that, okay, we have here a platform where we are converting so many episodes, so many podcast episodes to text, a way that we can easily search for it. Why not just create a search engine? So that's what I've been playing with. And it's so cool because I've been playing with, um, again, OpenAI, the embeddings of OpenAI, which is something else different than the GPT API that allows you to make really smart uh, searches. And by the way, the, the way I started with PodSquiz was because I was just doing the same. I was just playing around with GPT and playing around with the community and trying to make some commands for the community. And I realized, wow, GPT is super powerful. And it's the same now with the embeddings. Now I realize, okay, this, this is really cool. And at the same time, I also thought, okay, people can now search for episodes. By the way, that, that feature is still not out because we have like privacy issues. A lot of people, they don't, they don't want to share their episodes. Uh, so it needs to be an opt-in solution, obviously. But I also thought, okay, you know what would also be cool? That people could automatically create a landing page for their episode, right? Because if we're already generating show notes, timestamps, blog posts, whatever, why not just create a page and then people can just share that page with, with their listeners? So that's what I've been up to the past week, just building that, having fun, uh, using a lot of GPT to do that. And João has been a little bit septic about it. He's like, yeah, dude, whatever, like you have fun, but this won't work. And yeah, maybe it won't. To be honest, if I think about it, this is a terrible product idea because it's super hard to monetize. But now we are in this phase where we don't want to monetize. We already have a way to monetize, which is PodSqueeze itself. But now what we need is we need to get people to notice PodSqueeze. We need to get traffic. We need to create branding, community. So in that sense, having a search engine, to, to have the best search engine for podcasts, it's really good, right? And and even even better if people can only add their episodes if they are uh, PodSquiz users. Wow, right? So yeah, it's a long shot. Might not work, but I'm having fun. And yeah, my my mantra is: do not spend more than one week in trying something that it's uh, not proven. So now it's been basically a week of working. I just released it, and let's see. I will just wait and see if it works. If people like it, if people share it, and if they do, then I'll continue working on it. If they don't, I just stop and move on. That's the same approach I did with uh, indie hacking with multiple projects, and it's probably the same approach I'll I'll do with features, this kind of features. And one cool thing, something that I've also realized that so when I was working for Trivago, like this big company, I also tried a lot of entrepreneurial projects, but they didn't work. I always felt that I didn't have as well the support to do so. Uh, and it makes sense because Trivago, they are VC-backed companies. They need to constantly make money. And they already have a really good business model. And for Trivago, or clicks. Anything that distracts the devs or the user from clicking and making that extra 50 cents, it basically makes the company lose money. And that's something that these companies cannot afford. But indie companies, they can because we have really low expenses. We already have our nice MRR, our nice um, salaries. We don't need more. We have our freedom. So we can 
afford to maybe grow a little bit less or make a little bit less money that month because we're exploring and having fun. So that's a big, big perk. That's something that uh, brings a lot of value to any companies because even if the company is growing, they can still and they should innovate. So that's, that's really, really cool. Okay. And yeah, that's that's basically all for what I've been up to in terms of um, like actual coding. Now there's two more topics I want to talk about and then I'm going to get some nice Wagyu beef. <laughs> the first one is something that I was not expecting. So I told you uh, two or three episodes ago that I was having a hard time accepting the fact that João had still a lot of freelancing clients. I was feeling that he was not at 100% at this. I don't know. Just go and listen to that episode. It's a little bit more complex than that. But then I sat down and did some kind of reflection, something that I like to do when I have these like big, big decisions and I try to understand what's going on with with my life. So I sat down and I like to just meditate. I go to this like trance state, not trance, but like meditation. I don't take any uh, drugs or therapeuticals, as they say, even though I've heard a lot of people saying that they're amazing, like this kind of Ayusha or uh, mushrooms or whatever, that it's uh, it's the same as 10 years of therapy, but I've never tried them. So still, I think that this works really well. I sit down, I take a few deep breaths, I try to like meditate for uh, five, 10 minutes, and then I start following my brain and understanding why am I feeling what I, whatever I'm feeling. So then after that, I, I realized that... Uh, it was nonsense that I should trust more Joe and know that whatever he's doing is, which I should trust that he's doing also the best he can for everything. So that's kind of my solution. And I, to be honest, I after that, I didn't care if he was doing any freelancing or not. And I told him, like, dude, okay, I just, you know, I processed that. And I don't care. But funny enough, he himself cared. Because at the same time that I was feeling like this and then kind of I ignored it, it was for a long time feeling, I don't like doing this freelancing. Like, it's not fun anymore. I want to focus 100% in squeeze, and I feel that I, I need to. But then I have my clients asking for stuff. So he did something, something that is unimaginable. He fired all of his clients. And that's crazy. It's really crazy. Because imagine... You know, living your life for more than 10 years as a freelancer, that's your identity. And then suddenly you have a project that actually works and you put everything, like you jeopardize all of that because, you know, maybe these clients will just find another designer and and if he wants to go back to these clients, they won't be there. So yeah, I admire him for, for being that brave and I respect him for that as well. And I told him many times, like, you don't have to do this, like, it's up to you, like, I don't care. But he wanted. So now we are both 100% on this. So hopefully it won't fail. And yeah, it's cool. It's it's cool to have it like this. Yeah, like this kind of partnerships, like having a co-founder, it can be amazing. If it's if you have the right person, it can also be a nightmare, as you probably know. Uh, I think a lot of us already had that experience as well with people that don't have the same drive or motivation, whatever. But yeah. The last thing I've been up to is to um, kind of officialize the company. At the moment, we are in this weird state, uh, Texas-wise, and we want to create a proper uh, identity. 
And it's so hard. It's that's so much that we need to learn around that. So again, another great experience. Like in, in Portugal, the tax taxes are quite high. They're really, really high. And we are trying to figure out, okay, fine, I want to pay taxes. Like, don't get me wrong, I want that. I want to contribute for the country, help people, everything. I, I want to do that. But I don't want to pay like 50% taxes. Because that's too much. That's just too much. And I know that it's hard. People say that people that we should pay more or less, whatever. But I think most people agree that 50% is just too much. So we're trying to see, okay, what is the best way that we can create a company that makes sense? And I analyzed so many things. I analyzed like a company in Singapore, a company in Estonia, because they have like the digital companies, a company in Madeira, which is the island of Portugal. They have like some special status there. In the end, I think nothing works. I will just like have the uh, company here and uh, <laughs> pay a lot of taxes. But yeah, so there was a lot of this back and forth, having meetings with tax, like our tax accountant and chatting with GPT and asking GPT what uh, what was the best thing to do. Yeah, we reached that. Um, but um, at the same time, it feels cool. It feels like growing up as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it feels like growing up, and I feel as well in my ego, in in my self-confidence. My self-confidence changed a lot now that I have a little bit more success. So what I was telling you in the beginning of this episode, that people now look at me more as a reference than before, even myself, I am doing that. And that's crazy, right? Because I know that I'm basically the same person. I, I knew, always knew that I had this in me, but now somehow, like success money is a validation it is a validation i always one of the reasons as well and i just had an interview recently i got interviewed about like my whole indie journey and one of the reasons i called wannabe entrepreneur this podcast and everyone asks this and it's always a mixed feeling some people say like great names some people say like okay it can also be um at a bad in um, meaning, right? Want to be entrepreneur. Now for me, I've said it so many times that I, I can only see the positive of it. But normally when you say that someone is a wannabe, it's not very pleasant, right? So yeah, even in, in this interview, the host asked me like, why this name? Like you should change it now. You're not a wannabe entre- uh, anymore. And yeah, sure. When I started this, I felt like a wannabe. I felt like it would be impossible to ever achieve this. It was a dream, but a dream, an unattainable dream. And the funny thing about an unattainable dream is that if you keep doing, you know, methodically, open-minded, persistent, and if you keep walking towards that dream, and now it feels that I'm getting into those, like, inspiration. I don't want to, like, start selling courses and, and shit like that. But it's true that the more you work towards a dream, the closer you are getting that it, everything it starts becoming and feeling that it's possible. So it, the stages are always, it's, it's actually, I think the stages are, maybe it's possible, then it's definitely impossible, but I'll keep going. And then slowly, okay, maybe it's possible. Okay, it's getting, okay, oh, I see it. All right, it's possible. So I, I feel that's like the, the path towards um, any kind of success. But yes, at first I thought it was impossible and that's as well why I call it the wannabe entrepreneur. Maybe it was a bit connected to my imposter syndrome. 
I didn't want to commit, fully commit that that was my path. And then slowly, and again, if you listen to me, and, and like all my journey is narrated in this podcast. So you you probably have seen how I've changed as well. Like my mentality, what I've learned, like we have learned together as well. A lot of things right? from all the people we get we had here in the, in the podcast and we interviewed. But yeah, so now, of course, I will still keep that name because I feel that we are always want to be entrepreneurs because it's such an interesting and complex area. Like if there's something I've learned about entrepreneurship is that there's no formula. You always have to try things and Sure, you you learn a lot of stuff and you become more efficient when you're building products and marketing and you that helps, but there's still a lot of a big component of, of learning and experimenting. And I feel that I want to still test myself a lot. And that's also how I, I want to finish this episode. I've again interviewed a few people recently, and there's one interesting thing that I have uh, I have noticed. And this this thought came at the Coldplay concert. So I, I went a few months ago to watch Coldplay. They came to Portugal. Everyone was super excited. They sold out like three or four days. And I was just watching the concert. is amazing. But then I was thinking, man, they, they already make so much money. They have achieved everything like an, an artist and a musician can achieve. Why do they keep doing this? They have, because they were just saying that they have like a lot of uh, dates and they are just like working really hard and, and going from country to country. Why? I mean, why? And and recently someone asked the same thing to Peter Levels. They asked, dude, you're already making like 3 million a year. You have more money that you can spend. Why do you keep building products? And he said, well, I want to keep challenging myself and I want to keep challenging my brain because I believe that an healthy brain is a means that uh, you will be healthy in general and we can live longer and we'll prevent dementia or whatever so he just wants to keep challenging himself and challenging his brain and also I've, I've interviewed and asked the same question to a lot of people and they just basically say the same I I love the challenge I love indie hacking I love building products I don't like just laying down and watching Netflix. I feel that it's a waste of time. And I have this really like big passion to do that. So sure, at first money was important. Now money is not as important. So what remains is the passion to build, the passion for music in case of Coldplay, the passion for whatever you're doing, right? So when you do something, do it with passion because eventually money will come, but then money won't be enough. To keep you going. You need that. You need that passion. And uh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to keep challenging myself. I want to try out different businesses. Maybe business that uh, do not have such a big online component. And I want to keep narrating those businesses in this podcast. Because we will always be want to be entrepreneurs. And with that, I finish this episode. If you want to support my podcasts, you can join our community for entrepreneurs, want to be entrepreneur space. The link will be in the show notes. And please share this episode and this podcast and or your favorite interview from this podcast with your indie maker friends. Let's bring everyone to the indie world. 
This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.